Shalom, this is Resilient One. So I wanted to come on here to talk to you guys about how the narcissist will set you up and ways they set you up. Um, I was dealing with a narcissist, very heavy, 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 dark, manipulative narcissist. And um, some ways that this person tried to set me up was giving me addresses to their exes when asking them how to get to certain specific places. Uh, another time they would set me up would be they would start arguments just so I could ask for separation, divorce. And by the time, you know, maybe that trigger of me trying to leave, they would get feel abandoned or they again we don't when we are normal brain people when you're dealing with a psychopath or narcissist they their brains are like mazes and it's built on defense control and pride so i can't make sense of why things why certain people move the way they do but they do why narcissists move the way they do there's there could be several reasons but Anyway, like I said, um, I want to go into this. When you try to move on to it from a narcissist, they will also set you up, like I said, to ask for a divorce, you know, a divorce, especially if you're religious. If you're religious, you know, they know that there's certain, I wouldn't say religious, but you're biblical, right? You follow the law, statutes, and commandments. There's certain order that goes into um, divorcing. You know, you can only a man can only divorce his wife for if she commits adultery. Uh, a woman can, you know, typically a woman cannot divorce her husband. She has to separate herself from him and be reconciled or be forever not married and vice vice versa him. And not deal with other people. Now we know narcissists; they don't do that. I'm, I don't want to speculate on that. And with the narcissist I was dealing with, but I'm, I, I was catching him talking to people on certain apps at two o'clock in the morning. When I asked him, he immediately got angry and cut off conversation. So of course, you know, it is what it is. Um. So another time the narcissist will set you up is they will do a specific thing in front of some in front of their targeted audience. So their target audience is usually their family, um, work, church, and you know their miscellaneous flying monkeys, people you might not just know. They keep a lot of secrets. So. You know, they have these people around you who are constantly watching because they plant seeds of doubt or seeds of thoughts in their minds about you. And when they, you know, so for me, my narcissist implanted thoughts of around people that I was a, a heavy alcoholic or I was an alcoholic. Or let's say he planted thoughts of people to people that I'm heavily mentally ill. 
Then he started recording things that could make me look mentally ill. Manipulating things. Waiting for the right time to record certain situations. And saved it. And only, you know, it's just weird. They do a lot of weird stuff like that. They set you up to look bad. They might trigger you because they always know your triggers. They always know what could get you riled up and once you're riled up here comes out the phone and they're recording y'all I want to give you guys a favor on this when you guys hear me talk about this I know you guys will probably say like this is a bitter broken angry black woman who's mad at her ex-husband or husband that's not the case what I want you guys to understand is this is a learning lesson. This is something that we all have to understand. Because in the end times, there are these Jezebel warlock spirits. And I know I sound hella crazy with that, but think about a Jezebel spirit. It's a power and control spirit. She wanted to control that king. Um, a warlock is somebody who puts witchcraft, you know, witches, people, witchcraft. To me, in a spirit, a biblical sense, is not somebody who's putting herbs and stuff in blood and things together. Someone who's in putting enchantments over your life, speaking false prophecies over you. Um, there's nothing biblical that can tie into laws of attraction, but a lot of times when you're dealing with the a to me, they're, they're they're also demonic. But when you're dealing with these type of spirit people, these people who are just evil, narc you know, narc you know, they do a lot of like enchantment. Like my ex, he would tell me, "You're gonna die at you're gonna get six at forty. You're gonna get sick at forty six, and at fifty, you're gonna die." And you say this several times as if he knows something. And um. I, I just that was some witchcraft. <laughs> Tell me that's not witchcraft. Like how you know someone's future. I'm telling you. But what I was gonna say is if you guys Google the things I'm saying or just look at what you just get Google DSM um narcissist power and control. A lot of times, this if you listen to my podcast and you just line it up with the DSM, what narcissists do for power and control, you'll see a parallel. <laughs> a lot of times, people think they can Google narcissists and they'll see grandiose. They, you know, these people just love themselves. They see themselves as something bigger than what they are. No, when someone says they're dealing with a narcissist, it gets deep. It gets deep. It just goes to the gutter because a lot of times when you're dealing with a narcissist, they will go for the darkest part of your soul to destroy you. They will do anything to destroy you. So you can't just Google narcissism. You have to really, really just, you might have to meet one. And you're lucky if you never met one. Are you lucky if you're oblivious to meeting one? Um, I truly believe this is a spiritual fight. 
I think people who don't recognize narcissism is because there's something dark within them. And those who, those of us who nar recognize narcissism is because we have that light. We have that spirit. We have that God spirit. Or we, we just been, we just know we have a lot of insight. We, we have high intelligence. We are, you know, we, we're, we're highly sensitive, understanding, empathic people. So we can see when something's wrong with somebody. But the problem is we're people pleasers. So we try to please that behavior and we get caught up. It's a spiritual battle. I, I truly, truly, truly am starting to believe that. A lot of times I, um, for last year I've been silent. I haven't really been, um, my goal was to do a podcast twice a week, right? I'll miss, you know, on multiple subjects that I, like I said, in my description of what my podcast is about. But as of lately, I've been focusing a lot on narcissism because I truly believe that we're in some, we're in the end times and the spirits that the Messiah's cast out into the pigs that fell over into the, the, the ocean, those spirits are attached to a lot of people. And some of us are able to see them and we, we're, we're, we're kind of like a little whistleblower. We want to, we want to warn other people how not to get caught up with these spirits and lose your key to the salvation. Um, I will say this. Uh, I wanted to go into just, you know, something totally different is, you know, the, you know, narcissists, narcissists will definitely try to destroy you. They'll definitely try to destroy you once you catch on to who they are. And they'll also set you up while trying to destroy you. Watching my narcissist that was in my life, the multiple ways how they tried to destroy me was. <laughs> I've never seen this in my life, you guys. Like, I. It was like living in a freaking. Y'all see. I called it a nightmare. It was like living in a type of fatal attraction movie. You got this person who was like stalking trying to figure out how to destroy you, plotting against you, and all the while you're sleeping next to them or they're sleeping in the next room. It was scary. It was very, very scary. This is type of stuff, and I, I'm not trying to give this narcissist any type of supply. Because understand, I know 
he is probably going to hear this podcast. So with that, I would tell him, if he's hearing me, you did not destroy me. The one thing is the mustard seed of hope that you lost a long time ago when you were a child. I still have that. So you're not going to destroy me. You might have defeated me for a period of time. But you will not destroy me. I do plan on doing a podcast later in the future about how, you know, you use experiences, use these experiences to level up. You know, you you just learn how to level up. That's just it. You know, when you are met with someone who tried to destroy you, you look at the angles on how they just try to destroy you and you can look at that as your weaknesses because that person shows you your weak spots. I just want to let this person know you did not destroy me. From the time I started this podcast, it's always been a personal podcast. Always. Those, I don't advertise my podcast. Rarely do I. Those who find it, I don't know how you find it. You find it. You find it. And and you listen. I don't I don't advertise this. I mean I have a couple of thousand, you know, I have a few I have a, I have a, a thousands of people I can reach if I wanted to. And I'll say hunt you know, hundreds on other well hundred. I could probably if I took the time out, I could advertise the crap out of this, but this is something that's personal to me. If you find it and you hear this podcast, understand that this is the most authentic podcast you're going to hear. This is like a open journal. I don't tell everything I think. I just tell what I go through. This is an authentic journal. This is someone who's going through it. And I believe a lot of us are going to go through what I've been through. And I, and I hope those who are maybe on the break of maybe dealing with something that could destroy you temporarily you might take a step back and tell yourself nah I'm gonna love myself nah this is not worth it you might get something in the back of your mind that tells you no don't do it um so You know, a lot of times when he, you know, when this person I was dealing with, how he tried to, one time he tried to destroy me was he called the police on me. And um, I have dealt, to be real with y'all, I dealt with someone doing, doing this to me before. So I learned, like, you don't stay. Once somebody threatens you with the police, you just go. <laughs> you don't tell them why they're calling 911. You don't be in the background pleading with them, getting angry at them. Whatever the case may be, whatever you decide to do to stop them, don't do it. Go. Leave. Drive down the street three blocks, maybe more, pull over, and do a counter call. And that's exactly what I did. I called the police. 
And, um... <sighs> I'm not big on defending myself because a lot of times I already know people are going to believe what they're going to believe. A lot of times with the energy people have towards me, I get a lot of hate. There's a lot of people who might, you know, deal with me. There's a lot of people that might see that 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 spark that they they might see that it they might see that that they might see what they see, and that then that's that one group of people that that support me, right? So I always felt like it's a waste of the time to to, to defend myself for so calling the cops and defending myself and under, explaining it took so much out of me. Because just like me doing this podcast, you know, I, I'm very careful. I try to be careful. I try to think because everything could be said against you later. That's how the narcissist rolls. They dissect you to destroy you. So calling something on a recorded call, phone line is just not the most desirable position for me. I just don't trust them. They're unpredictable. Um, so yeah, I defended myself and, you know, the 911 operator, she was extremely, 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 um, kind. She motivated me for that brief moment to feel like I was invisible and I could do it. And I would, I don't know what her name was. I don't, I don't know who she was, but. So I used to watch YouTube, you know, I watch YouTube videos about, you know, 911 operators just being absolutely dumb sometimes. But this woman had so much compassion and it felt like I was talking to an advocate or a counselor because she was motivating me to understand that this is not my problem. This is his problem. Um, again, you know, I would tell you, ladies. When you're dealing with an abusive partner, be the one to call the police first. If you let the abuser get the one up on you, you're always going to be in this cycle of trying to defend yourself. As for me, sorry guys, I have to breathe. I am very lucky I was dealing with an advocate from, you know, the, the same place he... <laughs> He he uh, filed a restraining order on me on, which is kind of funny. Um, they're they're all intermingled with each other. Um, but I, for months I was dealing with the advocate, and for months I was in therapy to deal with his abuse towards me. So I had a lot of documentation. I had docu medical documentation. I had police documentation. So when he filed a restraining order, I pretty much knew that. You know, the judge, you know, I put it in the most high's hands because sometimes you might meet a judge that might be on something. They might not have, an, you know, encountered an, a, a narcopath. They might not have encountered uh, what it looks like to, you know, what retaliation restraining orders look like. So I have to pray that this judge hopefully does definitely see it. But. 
when you guys are dealing with these people, always have have support. Not your family. Because I'm telling you, my family, because you know, y'all know I come from a very narcissistic family. So as of now, um, my sister's giving me 14 days to stay with her. And then I got to leave because magically her Section 8 people are going to pop out. And I, you know, just doing bullshit. So I'm, I'm just, you know, don't rely on your narcissistic family if you come from one. Um, build, and if you're in a church, typically the narcissist will work on destroying your relationship with your church. So try to incorporate your church, but also have a backup plan outside of them. That means you go to the laws of the land and you apply those things to how your husband or wife is treating you. You document everything and you always have get an advocate on your side. Because these people will put you through the ringer. When a narcissist files a restraining order first, the judge will grant it because, you know, they might say some crazy stuff. They might mix truth with lies. They might lie blatantly. But if they hit you first, that judge has to grant it and they will get you kicked out of your home while married. Because that happened to me. So with that, you know, you got to make sure when once you know you're dealing with someone who who's not who's not really right in their head, but they're, you know, I wasn't dealing like I said, my husband wasn't like a dumb abusive person. He was very 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 intelligent. I mean, Machiavellian intelligent. <laughs> Smooth criminal-like intelligence and not just not just no I'm gonna shoot you type criminal gang violence criminal I mean criminal mind cr cr uh, criminal so stalker is criminal just very dark I'm trying to place this to you guys what I was dealing with someone who will watch you from afar know where you're at all the time Studied you hard, tapped, in, broke into your computers, your laptops. I mean, I'm confused. Broke into all my laptops. Figured out all my passcodes. Went through my phone, deleted stuff. Tracked me. I still don't know how the hell he tracked me. Before I go to my locations, I gotta, I gotta refact, I gotta reboot my phone and start all over again because I don't know how he's tracking me. If he is tracking me, somebody who put a life insurance policy on me because he's hoping the stress he puts me through, I commit suicide because he always says I'm a danger to myself and others. So you understand, like these people are dark. dark so the person I was dealing with he wasn't like some I'm gonna beat you up and punch you in your eye bitch you ain't shit uh you know this blank you know this overt out there like 
dumb. He wasn't a dumb person. <laughs> very dark. Very, very dark. <laughs> I'm scared, y'all. I'm scared. Um, and I know um, the most I didn't give us a spirit of fear. But I'm scared because... <laughs> You know, in my past, I dealt with abusive men who were just stupid. You know, they were just, you know, they were dumb. They would call me from numbers, their own number, 30, 100, or 100 times in a row. Or just call me, call me, call me, blow up my stuff up, text me hundreds of times. And you can easily trace them back. This dumb stalker behavior right outside your home coming up to your house knocking on the door while there's a camera right there in their face but this type of stuff that i dealt with this is very dark this is like some stuff that you have to monitor them to prove that they were doing the stuff they were doing to you very psychological Very psychological. Uh, as I stay in this hotel room that the DV place gave me, um, you know, part of me, I, I, you know, I've watched him for over a year. He's very, you know, he's lazy and he's a creature of habit. <laughs> There's no way he's gonna leave his video games to to watch me, but. The back of my mind, I don't put it past him. Yeah, I don't put it past him, and you know, I try not to be in fear because I don't. I, you know, I do keep my head on the swiggle, especially if he did put a life insurance policy on me. I don't know if he was joking or if he was just. Um, serious. I have no idea. Either which way, uh, if he did put a life insurance policy on me and he says I'm a danger to myself and others, then, um, <laughs> I need to wash my ass. That's what that tells me. Especially if he puts me out on the street. Any person right now in my situation, I'm I'm a creature of comfort. I like, ex, like I like ex, I like my stuff. I like comfort. I, I I made our home that me and him lived in very comfortable. I like to smell good. I like ex, I like I won't say I like expensive stuff. I just like stuff. I like quality. And um, going from that to being homeless is gonna be interesting. Hopefully, um, when it comes to restraining order, I'll say this. If you ever, if you guys ever, and I know what I'm going through because I've researched this shit because I've been trying to figure out how, to, how am I going to handle this? I got, uh, I got legal support, but I still need to know, like, carnally. <laughs> Mentally, legally, how the hell they handle this? You know, my legal, 
my people who are helping me, they can, you know, they understand what my husband is doing to me um, to the fullest, but they can only spend so much time with me. So I've been educating myself on what I'm dealing with, and um, it's scary. It can only go so many ways. Because like I said, my husband is not a messy ass. He's messy. He, he gets tunnel vision, but he's not messy where he's like blatantly out there where you can be like, I'm walking down the street and I got a black guy. He ain't going to do that. He's going to twist my arm while smiling and joking and tickling me at the same time and twist it to the point where it really, really hurts and then let go right before it, it gets too far. Showing me he can break my arm if he wanted to. Wow, with a smile on his face. Um, a lot of times we deal with people, you know, when I, you know, I research stuff, um, it's kind of just, I wouldn't say basic, but it's not dark like this. It's dark. This shit is dark. He's trying to get my, um, I'm, I'm big on my Second Amendment rights because I used to live alone before I met him. I was single and I had homeless people sleeping underneath my patio and they would try to break into my stuff. And, you know, I had a, I had my own place and it was, you know, two bedrooms. It was kind of big and, you know, I'm by myself. So I was dealing with other stuff. Um, I was dealing with people. I was dealing with stuff dealing with a lot of stuff I felt like I needed protection for myself so I got a gun I got my uh, permit I got my seal permit and I know I shouldn't be saying this <laughs> but this guy um, he has been trying to de-weaponize me and it kind of scares me as to why why does he want me to not have my gun? Another thing that um, kind of concerns me about his behavior is he is petitioned the court to tell people that I am mentally unstable and I need a guardian and that I shouldn't have my liberties that other people have. He also used to say like he wants to be my guardianship. So I do have a little bit of wealth, just a little bit, just a little bit. And um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, as a guy is talking to you, he, the amount of my wealth is the amount that he said my life insurance policy is worth. So I want you guys to understand that this guy is crazy as fuck. Crazy as fuck. I, I I don't plan on not stopping documenting this shit because this guy is crazy. And look, as I'm talking about this, my eyes are swelling up with tears because I don't know if my life is in danger. I don't want to live in paranoia. That's why I'm going to move 
cities and cities and cities and cities and possibly states away from this man. Um, sorry, guys. Um, so. I forgot what I was talking about because I just realized some, some stuff right there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I literally forgot what I was talking about because I just realized that this guy probably went through my personal financial information and figured out what I had to my name. And... He figures if he was to make me hit, if I had him as my guardianship, if he was to declare me mentally unstable to the state, he would be, I would be, so, wow, (laughs) wow. So, the psychological abuse he was doing to me was so heavy. He wanted me to break. And then when he got the restraining order, it was focused on my mental health and me owning a gun. And his goal is to disarm me and then declare me mentally unstable. So therefore, he's my guardian because, you know, when he first tried to separate from me and divorce me, um, he his he made a lot of mistakes. He told the lawyer he told me that the lawyer was both for me and him. This snake the number one. Um, number two, he took my phone, took my keys, and told me to sign the papers. And if I didn't, um, there would be heavy reper- repercussions. He also threatened me that he would cheat on me if I didn't sign the papers. He just threatened me a lot with just some horrible stuff. All because I didn't understand where this divorce was coming from. So I, 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 he, gave, I, he gave me about a week to really decide what I wanted to do. And in that week, every day he kept reminding me about the divorce papers that he wanted me to sign. Mind you, I asked him to make a contract that he would not kick me out of the apartment while after divorce after divorce was finalized. He never made a contract, so that was just kind of like red flags for me because I know now I'm dealing with a liar that he was full of shit. So I called the lawyer up and I told him like, "Hey, I had questions." He said, "We're our attorneys, of course. We're, a lawyer can't represent." two parties that was his lawyer that he signed on to represent him not me (sighs) I knew that by the time I called his lawyer but I just wanted his lawyer to um, know what his client was doing and let me tell you my husband uh, punished the fuck out of me he became very brutal towards me like his behavior became ten times worse because I foiled his plans to to move on. And I do regret that. Trust and believe, y'all. 
Because if I would have signed that paper and I would have let it go through, I wouldn't be in a hotel room. I'll still be at home being a possibly, let's just be real. I, if I was dealing with an honest human being, ideally that's what would have happened. But you know, my husband's very unpredictable in his behavior. Um, so his word doesn't really matter. Hmm. So, um, I'm trying to think of how else my ex-husband, husband set me up. Sometimes he would just listen to me talk. And I'm a talker. I got this podcast. No co-host, no guests, just me. Hundreds of hours of talking by myself. Um, but I'm a talker and I, I'm big on communication and... Sometimes he would just let me talk and he would ask me questions and those questions would get into my eccentric thoughts. And he would record my eccentric thoughts. In order to replay it again to his targeted audience to destroy me. Um, so that was another setup, you know, just the recordings, constant recordings, the constant recordings with, excuse me, um, without my permission, um, he upgraded the recordings to video recording. So yeah, the recordings, um, a lot of times also, he would, you know, also set me up by acting as though he's taking pictures of me because he would take pictures of me, um, and the most. Unattractive ways, you know. So I'm an angle person. I have angles. Um, I wouldn't even say angles. You know, I'm just. I don't know if I'm really photogenic type person. I'm very expressive with my facial expressions. Um, I can. I don't know. I just. I. I just think he took pictures of me when I was just not really prepared, and so he would take these pictures. I'm thinking he's about to take a picture of me and I can get the right angle, you know, I angle. I, or I can just, you know, try to pose right. But no. Um, he'll do surprise shots. And, you know, I'm sitting up here thinking he's taking pictures. He's about to take a picture of me. He's already done pick, taking a picture of me. He's just do just editing pictures, you know, taking pictures of me. Um, I'm flat. Just. He would take unflattering pictures of me. And I remember one time he told me, um, I asked him, why do you take these pictures of me like this? Like, what's your point? And he says, you know what? I take these pictures of you because when people ask me why am I divorced, I'll show them this picture and they'll be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I see. I understand why. And, you know, 
he did his own pat on his shoulders and that kind of stuff, you know, um, just trying to destroy my, just trying to destroy me. Um, even when I say stuff like that, you know, I have to remind myself, you know, not to sound cliche, but beauty is in the sight of the beholder. Um, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Not calling myself trash, but basically what he finds unattractive to me or what he might deem unattractive doesn't really matter to the overall person of who I am. So I had to learn while dealing with his behavior and toxic or toxic behavior constant criticism put downs is I had to deal with um, just building myself up every time he says something that was very hurtful so I will say that um, definitely I had to learn a lot of inner dialogue on how to handle my self esteem because he was trying to kill it and I and I and I mentally told myself, but I vowed to myself, I, I will not let him destroy me. Um, I have fluctuated in weight since I've been with him, so I'll lose weight, I'll gain weight. I'll lose weight depending on the stress level, what he's putting me through. So I know once he's gone, I focus on myself completely. I can focus on, you know, getting to a healthy weight that will make me feel like I have a longevity focusing on my health fully because being with him I focus a lot on him and not on myself not on healing myself because a lot of times the whole relationship was based on me how I could withstand his abuse towards me so over time that became tiring because when he shut down in the relationship, now it's just like, okay, well, what are we doing? And that's when, you know, I would talk about divorce and separating and getting out of his, his uh, environment so he can figure things out. And then, boom, I met with the next day with some shit. Or when I try to expose him, no, it wasn't even exposing. It was more so like, Especially when I went to my church, it wasn't about exposing. It was like final frontier help. Like, I got this captain who I respect. And I believe he can see and have, he has, he has the foresight to know what's going on. And being met with um, him sending three recordings to the same captain to... <laughs> wipe anything I had to say away nothing I said mattered after that you know being dealing with that type of defeat um, was a humbling experience while living with the person who did it to you and still abusing you got you you know studying from home and you 
have to look this person in the face while every Sabbath they're going to the school and congregating and going to the fundraisers and being happy and dancing and just realizing now I'm thinking back on that this this guy was completely fake even at the fundraisers at the church it was all just a facade it was a it was it was a play this guy is literally crazy Hold on, y'all. Hold up. Um, we can only pray that this man um, moves on, files for a divorce, and flies away and moves on to his new victim. That's all I can pray for in this situation. Yeah, it's going to hurt starting all over again trying to find a, my own place my own home my own footing um in a pandemic <laughs> in the wilderness with no support and isolated from my original church family so it's gonna be hard but it's doable because again mustard seed mustard seed is what i remember a mustard seed faith we don't give up and we don't give in. So, um, it's going to be crazy. All I ask, and I, I just pray that um, anybody who knows me and they hear this, you know me personally, um, and you have any type of power, and please research this personality disorder because... A lot of times this is this is that spirit that's of a retrobate, you know. Um talks about the fruits of the spirit. When it talks about the spirits above that, um, this is a spirit that can intermingle itself within a church. Um sometimes it might be in a righteous marriage. And sometimes when that brother ain't right, it's because he got a really old, ancient spirit on him. <laughs> um, I understand you guys, like, I don't want to say that. after tomorrow so I did this podcast on October 6th so October 7th my soon to be ex-husband whenever he decides to divorce me hopefully he will um, he will be hit with a counter restraining order and that's going to have a lot of truth in it and it's going to be truth that he does not want to be written on paper Either he's going to be very cocky and deny and gaslight his own self that that never happened, the things I wrote down. Or he's going to become very angry because his reputation is at risk. I don't really know 
how he's going to respond to this paper. I know this is going to be very, 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 very um, retaliatory. Very retaliatory. And, um, <laughs> I'm in hiding, y'all, because I don't know what he's capable of doing. And um, I don't like to live in paranoia, but it's, it's good to really play it safe, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do. But um, definitely trying to find a place ASAP. going to try to stay with my, fam with my family before they, you know, I'm unfortunately at their will. And I grew up, you know, with toxic family so they're gonna do their own narcissistic bullshit to me because I'm on the low pimp is down so they're gonna do their shit too and it's expected so I'm gonna have to do my own solo thing and be resilient and rely on myself and I just gotta be strong while I go through that struggle and that time and be patient and have tolerance within my trials and my tr and, and being and you know just be cool with it Patience, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm keep my hope that I, I'll get through it, but keeping my head on a swiggle because I don't know what he's capable of, but I assume he's has already moved on to somebody else. It's probably preoccupied, and I'm not on the furthest from his mind till he gets that paperwork. Either he'll disregard it or he's going to get really mad pissed. Because they don't like to be exposed. People like my ex-husband, husband, don't like to be exposed. And the reason why I say ex-husband is because I do expect him to divorce me. I do expect him to move on. I do expect him to fall in fake love with his new boo thing and have a baby and... Pretend to be a good, good husband to her. I really don't care. I just want him to be out of my life as soon as possible. And for my life to go back to working on my, myself and working on fearing the Lord and loving him. You know, making sure my intent with him is pure. Anyway, um, I just, that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of this. Anyway, with that, it's a show.